it's jacket and hoodie weather outside, but we're like the warm indoors. Grab your coffee and sit a spell with us. Covering the valley with over 10,000 watts of power. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Put a smile upon your face as if there's nothing wrong. <laughs> Think about a good time had a long time ago. Think about forgetting about your worries and your woes. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Sunshine inside and outside today. We always hope to walk in sunshine with you here on the Watchdog Morning Show by bringing light and joy into your heart and your house. But today it's also outdoors. Going to be a nice day weather-wise. Sunny with a high today around 73. Currently 59, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 54 at the Highlands. Uh, 47 in my backyard. We're cold in Elm Grove. I don't know why. 52 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. You don't like turkey tetrazzini? No, I dreaded those days at uh, at school, you know, because that was pretty oh. popular. I, and I would consider that a casserole, right? That's, Absolutely. Yeah, I hated that. You know, usually with me, if I can't put ketchup on it, I'm probably not going to be too <laughs> fond of it. Okay, well, <laughs> that's an interesting uh, measure of, 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 of what you, Okay, I get that. I, I, as you know, I love a casserole. And you you do. You love them. I had a really, really long day at church yesterday. I had to go in in the afternoon and do some things, and then we had a very, very long meeting last night in Humble after 10. And uh, when I have those kinds of just long days that drag me down, man, I love nothing more than to come home and have a casserole of some kind. Bless my lovely wife's heart. She, uh, she made me a casserole. So when I got home, it was I think it was tuna noodle casserole. But, man, you have reminded me of something. Attention, Nancy. Attention, Nancy. Turkey Tetrazzini. Turkey Tetrazzini. We haven't had any for a while. I could use Turkey Tet. I love Turkey Tet. Uh-oh. I think I caused Nancy some uh, some uh, some work here. You know, I like to walk in the door, too, Howard, but I want something in there fried. You know, I want it to be crisp. <laughs> fried to the hilt. I love, I love casseroles, and I absolutely love uh, Turkey Tetrazzini, which I hadn't thought about for a while, but now you got me thinking about it, and... Uh, Nancy's going, thanks, Bob. Yeah, jeez. At 9, 10 in the morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show, uh, Frio Stack Auction Service text line at 304-214-1600, 304-214-1600. We're talking about uh, Halloween and decorating and so on off the text line. Bob, did Howard say we decorated our house? Yeah, I think I corrected him. I think I caught him right after that. Yeah. Now, he helps. I mean, you sit there and you say, no, that doesn't look as good there, honey. Maybe over there. That, that's your job, right, Howard? Sad to say, true story, this particular year, she was outside. I was on the sofa inside. I would peek out the door without getting off the sofa, just peek out the door and go, yeah, you're doing good. <sighs> hey, it's the way we work. It's just, it's, it's, it, it works for us, you know? You've been doing right, it, it works for, for me. Well, it works you've been doing it for some time, 46 Howard. years, Absolutely. Yes. It works for me. I don't know if it actually uh, works for her. Um, Howard, wow, not amazed that you are more worried about justice than you are about Biden. 
pretty sure justice is not taking money from foreign countries. What is hilarious about that is that justice is, and Biden is not. <laughs> well, that's a, it's are hilarious. you sure, Howard? It's hilarious. What, what Biden are you talking about, yeah, Howard? So, no, I'm talking about <laughs> Joe. Yes, yeah, Hunter is a whole different story. Uh, no, I just, yeah, I, and yes, I am absolutely worried about justice, and I am not the tiniest bit worried about Joe Biden. Not at all. Not No, but... That's okay. Keep on living in the world you choose to live in. I'm guessing it's Abe. I don't know for sure. Well, no, good, good morning, no, wait, Abe. I don't, think, I don't think that is Abe. Well, good morning to whoever. The, you know what? Whoever it is, yeah. I, look, I, I have been critical of the president. I, I, I think he's too old for the job. I think it's nonsense to even think about him uh, running for re-election. But saying that, very proud of the president the last couple of weeks. Uh, I know it's not an easy job, and it certainly hasn't been a, an easy job the, this last week or two, Howard. But I think he he represented the, the free world very, very good. And uh, he shows them he's a little little bit more on the feeble side, but uh, don't mess with the United States. He is uh, also uh, taking, you know, he's willing to take some flack. He, I don't get this, by the way. Even inside the Democratic Party, younger members of the Democratic Party, are, are turning out to be a little more pro-Palestinian, and the president has taken a strong pro-Israel stand, and I'm with him on a thousand percent on that. Again, I often quickly say, I draw a distinction between the Palestinian people and Hamas, which is a, a terrorist organization, um, but in this situation, you've got Israel against Hamas. There's only one side to come down on. There's only one side to come down on, and he's taken a lot of flack from many different people. But he's um, uh, he stood up for it. So there you go. Uh, let's see. Coming up later today here on the Watchdog Morning Show, uh, Donnie Gilbert is away today. Uh, he's still recuperating from some health issues of his own. So the Donnie Gilbert Radio Show with Bob Slider filling in this morning, uh, this afternoon, I should say, from noon until 3, a whole plethora of guests and conversation and uh, and fun, including the usual top five and uh you know, a bunch of uh, bunch of good stuff. Donnie Gilbert radio show today, noon until three. Again, Donnie is just kind of recuperating from some uh, illnesses, and um, and so uh, Bob Slider's there. What tell me you can do? You can do a top five. Yeah, we're going to do that. They usually do that at oh, two o'clock. Something about horror, right? What was that? our top five? Is your top five creepiest uh, celebrities out there, Howard? You didn't put me on that list. Well, you? you might make the list. Okay. Uh, when uh, uh, when Bob is done with the Donnie Gilbert Radio Show, Paul Harris is here today from three to five. And take note that the Neil Brown Show is on this evening. So all of that is. Uh, it's coming up. And I want everybody to know Donnie's okay. Donnie's just yeah, taking yeah, yeah, care yeah. of something before he comes back. He doesn't want to come back too soon. Yep. So, uh, yes, uh, your best wishes and your prayers are always appreciated, but Donnie's okay. So, yeah. And he'll be back soon. Uh, he doesn't give a whole lot more details, but if you want to check out Donnie's uh, Facebook page, Donnie Gilbert Sr., uh, it's there on his Facebook page. Um, we have talked a lot about child care on this program, and it is one of those things, as I was talking to Mike Pushkin, State Democratic Party chair last hour. It, it is one of those things that if you aren't involved or don't understand why it's a problem, you don't understand why it's a problem. Uh, I'll kind of explain what I mean, and I'll talk about why it's become a really big issue because we've gone off what they call the child care cliff. Dr. William Franco, a professor of uh, graduate studies at uh, WVU, is going to join us to talk about that. And that's coming up next here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Are you traveling? Working a little bit too much? Is your fur baby starting to get a little shaggy? Let Dirty Paws be your one-stop shop for all of your pet care needs. Stop in and see us at 202 18th Street or give us a call at 304-639-7754. 
to schedule your appointments for dog grooming, doggy daycare, and dog boarding today. Oh, there's something so real about living local. Just listen. Be part of all of our shows. Use the Frio Stack Auction Service Hotline. Call or text us at 304-214-1600. The Frio Stack Auction Service Hotline. Your direct connection to the watchdog. Is your business protected from cyber threats? In today's world, it's more important than ever to have a cybersecurity plan in place. But with so many different solutions out there, it can be hard to know where to start. That's where Omni Strategic Technologies comes in. We're a technology support firm with a strong focus on cybersecurity. We have a team of local experts who can help you assess your risks, develop a plan, and implement the right tools to serve and protect your business. If you want to get serious about cybersecurity, choose Omni Strategic Technologies for the peace of mind knowing that your business is protected and prepared. Great conversation continues now on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. With Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. It's a Thursday morning. Thursday is always country music, bumper music here on the Watchdog Morning Show. It's 9-17-17 after the hour. We have uh, just gone past what some people are calling the child care cliff. I don't know what that means, Howard. Well, therein is the problem. If you don't, if, if child care is not an issue for you, it is probably not an issue that you understand. And I want to talk about that a bit and maybe what some longer-term solutions to this whole thing can be. And to that, I, to that end, I invited uh, WVU Associate Professor and Director of Graduate Studies, Bill Franco, to join us. Professor, good morning. Welcome to the show. Pleasure to be with you. So does it make sense when I say, for a lot of people, if they don't know that child care is an issue, they don't understand why it's an issue? You, you get what I'm saying? Absolutely. I, I, I think that's right. I think that's right with, with a lot of issues that, that we have today. But um, with the child care cliff, it's certainly one of them. Uh, if you're not a family who's dealing with the cost uh, of child care, uh, the instability of having a child care center that's available to you at all times, um, that, you know, something that you can rely on, uh, not having teachers, uh, caregivers for your children moving in and out. Um, as is often the case with lots of um, lots of programs that exist, uh, then it's tough. It's tough to understand exactly what's going on for families who, who have young children. You know, a lot of people are, are like I am. Uh, when, uh, when I was a young parent, my parents were around and they were our child care. And my wife and I are the child care for our grandson because we're here, we're down the street, and, uh, you know, we're cheap. <laughs> but but that's the problem is for people who are in those kind of circumstances you don't realize how how difficult it can be for someone who does not have quote built-in child care 
to find child care, and it's getting more difficult, Bill. It is. It is. And, and you know, the the economy has, has changed a lot. Um, so so now it's it, for, for most families, if you have a two parent household, both those parents are working um, and, and they're working full time. It's not uh, you, some parents can make it work. So, you know, one's working during the day and another takes another shift at night. So you have care uh, throughout the day. But that's really, really difficult to do now. Um, so with Two parent households work both of both parents working full time. If you don't have family, you can rely on. Um, it's it's really really difficult. Um, and if you start to look at the cost of having full time care for your children, and you know you could you could think about having multiple children if if they're close in age, um, at, uh, in care at the same time can be even more difficult. But but if you look at the cost of child care um, and the lack of stability in the industry. Uh, you, you really start to see how big of a problem it is for those parents who don't have that kind of, as, as you mentioned, that sort of built-in childcare uh, uh, for for you. That, that's part of you know part of your family. The childcare issues are both cost and availability. It is simply hard to find childcare, even if you can afford it. So it's a double whammy for many people. It is. It is. Yeah. So it's um, it's it's one of those industries, right? Like so, it's. The, the main cost there for the industry is is the people who are taking care of our children, right? Um, and so paying people to do a full-time job like that, and, and a really hard job, keep in mind. Um, if you see uh, what, the, what caregivers are doing for your children when they're, when they're in these centers, it's a really difficult job, um, and, they're not, and they're not paid great. Um, and so this is, this is another problem. So, so you have the cost issue. It is a costly uh, it's a costly service. And then, yeah, availability. And, and in particular, you know, uh, rural places, the rural places like in, in West Virginia and Ohio, where infrastructure is difficult to, um, to maintain when it comes to something like uh, child care centers, right? So if you think about, just for a second, think about a bigger city where you have lots and lots of people, a more dense population, you probably have a few options when it comes to child care centers. Um, and you can look around and you can see what works best for you. Again, cost is still going to be an issue in, in big cities, um, just as it would be in rural places. But now, now think about more rural places where you don't have as many children. You don't have as many people, not as dense. Uh, and so you don't have as many children with, with who, who are, who are looking for child care services. You're not going to have as many centers. And so if something happens to one of those centers, um, you know, you have a shortage of staff. The center ends up shutting down. The people in that area are in a lot of trouble. They're looking at having to commute um, um, perhaps hours to find a place where, where they can, um, they can uh, uh, place their children for, for services. I've heard the phrase child care deserts uh, in, uh, used in some parts, in particular, of rural West Virginia. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, again, this is it's it's an issue with infrastructure. You're not going to have places, and so yeah, the, the idea of a childcare desert would be just having very um, very little access to uh, to that particular service. In this case, childcare. Um, and and again, this is we're talking about um, uh, traveling perhaps hundreds of miles to get to the nearest uh, childcare center, which obviously just makes it more difficult for it makes it really difficult for parents, and and you start to start to do this calculation well it's an expensive service 
I have to add on hours to my commute time each day. Um, maybe it just makes more sense if we have one of us stay at home and not work. Um, and then you start to think about the downstream effects of that on, on your child, right? They're not getting the same type of education and, and learning environment they might when they're in, in child care. Uh, you think about the economy, right? That's another person that is dropping out of the workforce because, right, it doesn't make sense for them to, to stay in their job because they don't, they don't have anyone to take care of their children. So, so just, yeah, lots of, lots of issues with, with access in particular in those places where, um, where we might consider that childcare desert. Now, after the pandemic, post-pandemic, the American Rescue Plan did provide some significant funding to help shore up the childcare uh, industry. Problem is that money has now gone away. Yeah, that's right. So um, <clears throat> the uh, the ARP one, one, you know, ARP was a giant, giant stimulus bill um, trying to keep lots of different industries and people afloat uh, during the pandemic. This is 2021. Um, and yeah, devoted a lot of resources to keep the childcare industry afloat. And again, this goes back to a, a lot of core issues, so fundamental issues that already existed with the child care industry, right? So this wasn't just, this is another one of those things where we say sort of the problem was always there, but the pandemic kind of precipitated its downfall type of things or precipitated the problem. And this is one of those, one of those areas. And so what the ARP did is help bolster and stabilize the industry. So it directed money toward the state so they can invest in their child care centers, invest in the teachers and in, in the, in the caregivers that, that work at these centers. Um, and, and yeah, that, that funding uh, expired at the end of September. And for West Virginia in particular, just as an example, there was um, a, a, somewhere upwards of 160 million from the bill that went toward child care in West Virginia uh, alone. So it was, it was helping keep uh, teachers in, in, in the centers, keep those caregivers in the centers, keep the, care, uh, the centers afloat by having some uh, level of stable funding that was, that was going to these places. Um, and then, you know, what that does in the end is it, is it leaves uh, a, a solid place, solid places for you to take your kids. It, it allows you to have those places to be affordable for parents who are who are looking for services like that. So, so yeah. And now that 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 money is expired, we're kind of scrambling and figuring out. And when I say we, I mean um, you know across the country, uh, states and localities are trying to figure out what to do um, and how bad it could get, um, how bad the childcare industry could get. <laughs> Without those fund, uh, without those funds, and, the, and that funding expiring. Well, here in West Virginia, we are going to lose a lot of. Prob- I'm guessing, if we haven't already, a lot of the licensed child care centers simply because the funding isn't available. So, in an industry that's already maybe tight to begin with, we talked about the concerns of cost and availability. It becomes even worse because the, the American Rescue Plan helped to shore it up, and then poof, now it's gone. That's, yeah, now it's gone. Yeah, some estimates there's um, uh, uh, Century Foundation is, is an organization that works on is, has been working on this particular issue and, and trying to understand it. Um, and, and their estimates are somewhere around 604 programs that are projected to close uh, uh, as, as the funding expired. Um, so we're talking about over a thousand jobs. Um, we're uh, uh, 
two, over 20,000 children that, that could potentially not have uh, access to child care. So a pretty, yeah, pretty devastating. Um, it's a pretty devastating change when it comes to the expiration of, of, of this of this funding. Um, and and even, you know, even worse than a place like West Virginia, where you consider how how many children are 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 living in poverty, right? So you have like a quarter, somewhere around a quarter of children in West Virginia living in poverty. So, so yeah, it's, it, it, it could potentially be devastating. And again, some of those downstream effects, not, you know, for just thinking about children and, and parents and the difficulties they're having, um, you think about some of the other issues that related to education, related to just general economic development in the state. Um, yeah, you end up losing out on a lot. The American Rescue Plan provided short-term solution, if you will, was money that was uh, injected into the system and then ended. Is there a longer-term solution that we could be looking at for child care? Yeah, I think think there are solutions out there. Really, not, not to say that this this is it, it's a simple thing to solve, um, and, and very few policy issues are simple to solve. But I do think this is one area where we, we just need the funding. We just need the we, we need the financial support for these centers. Um, now there are different ways, different mechanisms to provide that funding. Right, there are ways where you can think about um, uh, having some type of funding where that could go directly to parents to use specifically on child care, or you could have uh, like a situation with, with the stabilization funds where they went directly to the centers so that they could keep afloat and, and, and maintain stability on their end. So there are different, different mechanisms there, but in the end, what we need is, is a, a stable stream of funding that can help support the industry. Um, and so there are some proposals out there Um uh, I, I, I believe Patty Murray from uh, Washington, uh, Senator from Washington, is uh, part of uh, a, a bill that they that they're called um, uh, uh, the Child Care for Working Families Act, I believe. Child Care for Working Families Act, and uh, that that was that was probably one of the more serious. Uh, pieces of legislation that would that would really offer a long term solution for the problem, and it would essentially do a little bit longer term what the what the stabilization funds from the ARP did, um, and so that was sort of the baseline that that was kind of the, the basic idea of, of what that bill is trying to do. But but it really is it's an issue of funding, and we need to be willing to fund the program. And and you know there wasn't there wasn't enough uh, desire in Congress to, to do something like that. This next comment is a little beyond the conversation we were going to have today about child care, but it does go to the issue of funding. There are so many things that need to be done to help low-income people in this state and elsewhere survive. Child care costs and availability can be dealt with, but there is still the issue, for example, you and I talked about it earlier, of transportation. A lot of low-income families have a hard time getting to child care even if they have child care. Um, there are so many other issues that all are intertwined in dealing with um, uh, with the kids in poverty uh, and in low-income families. Um, there, there can be mul- there need to be multiple solutions to multiple things, and it's uh, unfortunately we're in an environment on Capitol Hill where funding has become a dirty word. 
Couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, no, this is this is all connected. Absolutely. And you think, you know, when I mentioned earlier, some of the like I call them downstream effects from this. I mean, you just think of education in general, right? Um, we talk a lot about funding schools and and some of the issues we have in West Virginia public school system. Um, yeah, you mentioned transportation. Absolutely. Um, what what type of what, uh, uh, infrastructure are we looking at to build to allow people to get to from from point A to point B? Um, infrastructure for these childcare centers. This is these are all all connected issues um it, it, think about so so one one thing i think the state um legislature has tried to do is is inject a little bit of money uh, and again this is this is just a temporary solution that they come up with but they've come up with is taking some money from tanf the tanf program so the block grant program that goes to the state um for low-income families it's a it's a direct uh, uh right direct pay program. Uh, and, and so what, what they're looking to do is take for, and this, I, my understanding is they're looking to make sure things are okay until next August. Um, again, short-term solution, but, but right. What we're doing then is we're just taking, we're taking, we're taking money from one area, one program and shifting it to another. And so now you start thinking, well, well now what are we doing to those low-income families who no longer access, have access to the, you know, 20 plus million that they're taking out of TANF? Absolutely, this is all connected. Um, I, I wish we could think think about child um, child care more as an extension of our education system, and I think we would be in a much better place if we think about some of the arguments around universal pre-K um, and and uh, and discussions like that, and how important that is for young children. I think you can you can keep on going, you know, a little bit younger, and say that it would be really beneficial for for children even, you know, younger than four years old to have access to, to this type of care, which really is, you know, a, a big component of, of these centers is, is education. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's all connected. We need to think big about this and, and uh, we need to be willing, willing to invest in all of, all of these areas. You know, this is a more philosophical, uh, and it shows my left leanings, I'm afraid, um, we saw during the pandemic and the post-pandemic when money was made available so we could get vaccines and tests done at no expense, when we had the child care tax credit helped to rise people out of poverty, uh, when we had these child care, uh, uh, what, what I want to use here, injecting money into the child care system, we saw how government can indeed make the lives of average citizens better and then after a while, we said, well, that's enough of that. Uh, it's, it's frustrating to me that we have seen the success of an active government um, in the lives of people, average citizens in this country, but we only wanted to let it go on so long, and then we stopped it. You don't have to respond to that if you want to, but that's just my philosophical musings here this morning, that uh, we saw the power of government at work, um, and it succeeded. It succeeded to a large extent. And then we just yeah. said, that's enough. That's enough. We're done now. Yeah. And, it, and it, you know, it was beyond, like you're saying, it was, we did, we did a lot. So, it, you know, just thinking again, you know, sticking with children, we had, we had some of those child, uh, the, the child tax credits that were coming back to families. Um, we had, uh, we had additional funding for K-12 schools. Uh, we had emergency funds helping families that were in general facing hardship. There were, there were in, is increased um, housing assistance. Again, one of those related things, increased assistance for health care. 
Um, yeah, all of the stuff we did it, we, we saw, we saw poverty rates decline, uh, during this time. Um, unlike any, any other decline we've ever seen. And yet you're, you're right. As soon as we, as soon as the end of this program, we, we see poverty rates start to tick back up again. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think, I, I think it would be good if we, if we could think a little bit more about, uh, you know, of course, people are correct to say, you know, government isn't going to do everything correctly. It's not that it doesn't have a place in everything, every part of the economy. Um, but if we were working on solutions rather than just talking about, you know, government can't do this or can't do that or we're spending too much, um, you know, on uh, uh, in general, uh, I think I think we would be in a better place. We would have better conversations to talk about how can we make this work rather than, you know, we shouldn't be doing it or, or we can't do it. I get a chuckle, maybe it's a sad chuckle, out of uh, people who say, I don't want the government involved in my health care. And then when the COVID funding for vaccines and testing stopped, said, why do I have to pay for my tests now? I didn't have to pay for them before. You know, it's, <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, it's, you know, part of it is there, there is there is a bit of a messaging problem that we, that we know can happen. And the further away you get from it, right, the further away you get from sort of your community when it comes to, like, level of government, I think the further away people feel it, uh, that, that it is actually affecting them, even though it is affecting them every day. Something like, like what you just mentioned, right, going to get a COVID test um, or, or having one delivered to you in the mail, right? Um, that was that was when we have federal government doing certain things, which in this case, especially when we're talking about child care and 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 how connected the system is across across the country, especially within states, but across the country, federal government really is probably going to have to be the, the solution. Or that's going to be where the where the origin of the solution is going to come from in this case. Um, but it also means, yeah, yeah, it, it's tough for people to sort of see the impact directly because it does sort of feel far away from home. Exactly. Bill, I appreciate your time this morning. Good conversation. Um, uh, anytime you want to come back or anytime I have a need to have someone help me with some things, I'll give you a call. But I appreciate you joining me today. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks a lot. Bill Franco is a director of graduate studies and associate professor at WVU and um, uh, was writing about child care uh, this week, and so I thought we'd invite him to come on and talk about it. 938, 22 till the hour. A couple of texts coming in, Bob. I'll get to those in a minute or two. Get to the other Bob as well. Mr. Westfall will be coming by, I assume. And um, I don't know what else we'll do. We'll get some things to do in the next half hour. Good Thursday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this October the 26th. A new report from U.S. Department of Labor finds that the Mine Safety and Health Administration is not keeping up with mine inspections. It's raising concerns about safety in coal mines, especially here in West Virginia. The report found that nearly 1,600 mine inspections were incomplete or inaccurate from 2018 through 2021. It also says 92 accidents occurred in mines that were supposed to be non-operational during that time. Mine fatalities are also up this year. A lawyer who represents minors blames safety and inspection budget cuts by Congress for the problems. And the attorney says minors simply have to become their own advocates. They can even download a new minor safety and health app from app stores or the MSHA website. Minors can use that to check safety reports or report health concerns they see. The web address is MSHA.gov. And there is progress being made on a two-phase project to transform the former OVMC into a brand new cancer center. The first phase, which began on Tuesday, involves clearing the facility of asbestos and demolishing it. The cost will be $8.2 million and take about 14 months. 
Once the demolition is complete, the second phase of the project will begin, which is the construction of the new cancer center. The cost of construction is estimated to be between 70 million and 95 million. Heron says this cancer center is one of the largest projects in Wheeling's history and will be transformative for the friendly city. And over to Brook County, K9 Kane is slowly on the mend, but he still needs the community's help with his vet bills following his accident during a training session back in September. Kane was jumping a fence when his right rear paw got stuck in one of the chain links of the fence and tore two ligaments. They are having a dine to donate at the Texas Roadhouse in Steubenville on Saturday, October 28th from 1130 to 4 p.m. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Thursday. I'm Taylor Long working for you. Saving money with 11% off everything in the Nards. Finish lighting your workspace with ballast free lights from Zone Lighting. The durable construction allows for flexible LED bulb replacement and reduced maintenance, all while improving your energy efficiency. A four foot LED free wrap light is $39.95 after 11% rebate at Menards. Good through October 29th, savings are a mail in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. With the weather changing, now's a great time to head on into your local Toyota dealer, where legendary performance and reliability go hand in hand. Check out a sporty Camry with available all-wheel drive and Toyota Safety Sense, or the spacious RAV4, turning heads with amazing fuel efficiency. And now, explore Toyota like never before, with hybrids, plug-in hybrids, and full electric options. Visit buyatoyota.com today. Offers end October 31st. Toyota, let's go places. Over the past five years, Matt Jones Pre-Owned Auto has helped over 1,500 hardworking Ohio Valley residents obtain financing on the vehicle of their dreams. We have experienced tremendous growth, which has allowed us more financing to further help our fellow residents. From second chance finance to very competitive rates and terms, Matt Jones Pre-Owned Auto has it all with inventory to fit everyone's needs. That's Matt Jones Pre-Owned Auto, your largest independent area used car depot in the Respects Plaza in Elm Grove. Like us on Facebook, check out our website, mattjonespreowned.com, or give us a call, 304-905-8302. Conversations you care about with people you know. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on WKKX and WVLY. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. It's 942, 18th of the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show for a, uh, what is this? I lost uh, Thursday, right? Thursday. It is Thursday, Howard. Got tomorrow, tomorrow's highlights of the week already. I don't have many. How about you? <laughs> I got one that pops into my head, and then I got to scour my notes for some others. We weren't here on, on uh, Wednesday, so we got one less day. And Tuesday was, uh, you weren't here. It was a little bit different. I mean, I was I was listening, and I was in and Did out. Did you find of it. any highlights while you were? Well, listening? It, it was a total highlight. Uh, you could have done uh, a whole week with uh, Brenda and DK. I mean, they were just fantastic, and uh, we had so much reminiscing, or you had so much reminiscing to do, Howard. I mean, you guys could have still been in here talking. Yeah, and and uh, I mean, uh, no great. It's not revealing a secret. 
that will probably be my number one yeah. highlight of the week. I've already wrote it on my list here, Howard. For, uh, you're using your little Moundsville pan, are you? Scott? Yeah, I got it right here. Thanks, yeah. Rick Healy. Thank you, Rick. That was very helpful. And Sarah. <laughs> for sending it to us. Um, I should mention this. We put up a new poll on the watchdognetwork.com website um, last week. And I haven't mentioned it at all since then. And it has to do with this, with something we've talked about a lot on the show, which is the homeless issue. And the poll is simply, what should the city of Wheeling do? Create a managed homeless camp? Stop panhandling? Or provide more services for the homeless who are here? Those are the three choices you have. Yes, I know. We even talked about it. We said, God, we could have five or six other choices, but we limited it to three and if you want to respond with other things, send me a text or whatever. But the Watchdog poll is up at watchdognetwork.com. Uh, what should the city of Wheeling do about the homeless problem? Uh, create a managed camp, prevent panhandling, or provide more services? Uh, your thoughts on that are appreciated. I was looking for my notes here. The Life Hub uh, says they're looking for money for the free shelter. They have almost, I'm doing this from memory because I don't find my story here. They say they have uh, fully staffed, okay, um, and they're almost ready to open the free shelter with almost enough money. They're planning, here it is, here it is. They're planning to open the free shelter December 15th, but if they get more funding coming in, then they'll open it up um, earlier. Um, Melissa Adams, quoted by the Big Seven, is saying, um, we need other things like can warmer socks, gloves, hats, scarves, blankets, paper towels, all the things you think of to run a shelter. We need all of those items. Um, so according to the Life Hub uh, officials, they, they're, they're kind of all set and ready to roll, uh, but uh, not until um, December 15th unless they can raise some additional money. So that's the game plan. Uh, Life Hub for the Homeless is opening soon and requests community uh, donations. Uh, and again, remember the watchdog poll this week is on uh, homeless. What's the city willing to do about the homeless problem? Uh, manage a camp, prevent panhandling, provide more services. Please don't complain that there aren't enough options there. I know there aren't. We just had to give you three. You pick those. How about we start with uh, behave yourself? We 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 all are very sympathetic, but behave yourself. Yeah, well, for the homeless. Yeah, yeah, for the homeless people themselves. Yeah, the, you know what. I don't want to get into it today. So <laughs> I sparked you. Well, I, and, and we're going to do it again. We'll get back to homeless next week. We did a, almost a whole week on homeless. We'll do more next week. I have some of the things planned. But you hit a nail on the head. Behave yourself would end all of the problems. There you go. There, isn't, there are very few people. Now, there are some who just hate the homeless. There are very few who are like that. But what they they can't they don't like is when the homeless become a problem for the average citizen. Like it or not, we can talk about why that is. Behave yourself. That's a great. That's a, just just don't harass people. And and leave that machete in the tent. And leave the machete in the tent. That's right. <laughs> we'll get into this more next hour. We gotta get Bob in. Bob's Bob's a busy man today. We gotta get Bob in and out today, Howard. We gotta get him in right now. We, we have a break. Should we get him? Ah, we, he's so important. He the heck is with that so break. Important. Bob Westfall is here from the Big Seven WTRF TV. You have something big going on. Oh, I know what it is. You got breakfast planned, right? Oh, I already had breakfast. I had two uh, sausage biscuits and this morning. Why would you uh, tell me? Actually, we'll be, uh, I've got an interview with uh, West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey uh, straight up at 10 o'clock on the Raekwon battle waiver situation. Uh, so that's one of the stories we are working on today. Um, not a basketball fan, 
don't understand. I mean, I am not an NCAA fan either. Um, but to me, it looks like he just didn't follow the rules. But uh, um, I don't find out why, you, why, the more, uh, why the attorney general's office is involved. That's a great question because I don't understand why the attorney general's office is involved. This does not seem to me to be an issue that uh, falls into the bailiwick of the uh, West Virginia attorney general. Although Morrissey may have, you know, may have a reason as to why. So I'll be curious to see what he what he has to say about that. Right. Right. So, you know, we're going to be talking to him here in about 15 minutes. So we'll have a little bit more on what that's all about. So that is one of the stories we're working on today. Uh, other story we're working on today is Wheeling Air Chamber of Commerce is holding their huge economic outlook conference today. Uh, is it going on now as we speak at Wheeling Island uh, Hotel, Casino, and Racetrack? Uh, so uh, McKinley, uh, McKinley Carter Wealth Services, part of it, John Deskins from the WVU, uh, the business and economics part of the university over there, are all taking part of this uh, at the casino right now, taking a look at how things look uh, in the upcoming years. Um, um, I'm curious if they are going to include the ethane cracker that still we're still being told is coming to Belmont County. See if that's part of the future. <laughs> see if, um, and uh, see where that goes. Uh, so that is one of our stories. Annalise Murphy is covering that one today. John Deskins, I have a huge amount of respect for. In fact, I wish I had realized he was coming to town. I've tried to make an arrangement to talk to him on the air because uh, I really like him, and I think he's sharp and he's smart. It was not too many years ago that they said that it was the cracker that was going to be the salvation, they being, I think it was the WVU business office that said, business and whatever that is, economic development office, yeah. that said yeah. the cracker is the single solution for the upper Ohio Valley. I, I am of the personal belief we ain't never going to see no cracker, but that's just that's just me. So it'd be really interesting to see what what, uh, what Deskins and his team have to say. I look forward to your reporting coming up today. I think we just passed the seventh, eighth anniversary of the initial announcement. Yeah. Uh, I think in February it'll be eight years of the official where we all went to Columbus and um, the governor was there and every state representative and every congressman was there and here it's coming and here we are and right now all we have is a flat piece of land on the Ohio River in Belmont County. So exactly. uh, be interesting to see. So we'll see where that's going. Uh, a couple other things working. Colin Roos is in, uh, out of our Steubenville Bureau today. Uh, uh, Franciscan University is holding their Catholic Jewish Conference, uh, which uh, deals with uh, uh, the rise in anti-Semitism, things like that. So right now it's kind of uh, uh, time-worthy. Time uh, with everything that's going on in the world, Colin's going to be covering that today. And, of course, at noon today, the YWCA is having a domestic violence walk. As you know, it's Domestic uh, Violence Awareness Month, uh, so we will be covering that as well. Um, and our Golden Apple, uh, new teacher, another teacher honored this year or this month. Uh, Rebecca uh, Little's got that today at 5 o'clock. So uh, those are some of the things we're working on today. All right. Well, I'll let you go so you can go talk to Patrick Morrissey, and uh, you'll be sure and tell him I said hi. Uh, 10 to, I will. <laughs> in the meantime, people can check things out at noon, 5, 6, 10, 11, the uh, region show at uh, 530, always at WTRF.com, and uh, with Channel 7 in your pocket, Storm Tracker 7 app or the news app set for push notifications, you always get the news first. Bob, uh, talk to you soon. Enjoy uh, Patrick Morrissey.
right. Thanks. Nine before the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. You don't think that Mr. Morrissey would garner some support, garner a bunch of votes, if somehow he is able to get that star player back on the roster, Howard? My point point is I don't know what, what, as a politician, I get it. As a candidate for governor, I get it. I don't know what business it is of the attorney general's office. Well, he's 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 going to put that over here, and he's going to be yes. politicking yes. Howard. Yes, and he's, he's going to save the team, Howard. Well, and and you know more power to him. But uh, I, I sometimes think his politics overrides his actual job. He's desperate, Howard. Which is probably why when I said tell Patrick Morrissey, I said hi, he might spit in my face. No, no, I. When I see Patrick in person, he's always personable. But when I try and get him on the show, he doesn't, doesn't want to come on. I'm thinking closer to election time, we'll get him on the air, Howard. Do you know, did you see which, I need to do a quick break, uh, but uh, did you see, um, Hoppy talked about this with Brad, I think yesterday or the day before, uh, Metro News is going to do a gubernatorial debate with all the gubernatorial candidates. Morrissey said he wouldn't come. I don't understand that. So he's he's taking his boy uh, Trump's uh, playing his card. Ah, I'm not going to the I'm not going to the debate. His argument is, well, we're not really officially candidates until January, so I I don't believe I should be part of this. And I, what I don't understand, I would think out of all the candidates, he's got more to crow about than than all of them. He has a burr up his butt about Metro News in particular and about the media in general, and his problem, which Stephen has talked about in his ex report Twitter accounts. His problem is he, he doesn't hide it. I got a news for any politician. You know, we will tick you off from time to time. If you still intend to use us in any way, manner, shape, or form to get your message out, don't be so open about how you hate us. It's just, it doesn't work real well. And he's been very much, now I'm not saying that's the reason he's not doing the Metro News debate. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that he has been very, um, critical of some of the coverage of Metro News. And he's not going to be part of the debate, Um, which I think is a mistake because I think that race, yes, he may be the front runner or one of the clear, one of the two front runners. Um, I I think it's going to be a very tight race for governor and just not being there face to face. Hoppy said he's not. See, I would put the empty chair up there. I would put the empty chair with where's Morrissey. Hoppy said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'll just, you know, we won't put an empty chair up there. He just won't be there. Six till the hour, Watchdog Morning Show. You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's healthcare demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care close to home. Developing new and exclusive services. Recruiting top surgeons. Featuring the highest level of orthopedic surgery. Improving healing, rehab time, and outcomes. Offering innovative heart care through our WVU Heart and Vascular Institute. Establishing outstanding urology services with a highly experienced urologist and staff. Providing comprehensive, world-class women's health services. And equipping the WVU Cancer Institute at Wheeling Hospital with cutting-edge science for the highest standard of care. We embody the Mountaineer spirit, building upon strong traditions, moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital, delivering the right care at the right place at the right time. Tune in Mondays at noon for all your local high school sports news from the number one sports editor in the Ohio Valley, The Seth Stasky Show, sponsored by Gumby's, only on The Watchdog.
Is your business protected from cyber threats? In today's world, it's more important than ever to have a cybersecurity plan in place. But with so many different solutions out there, it can be hard to know where to start. That's where Omni Strategic Technologies comes in. We're a technology support firm with a strong focus on cybersecurity. We have a team of local experts who can help you assess your risks, develop a plan, and implement the right tools to serve and protect your business. If you want to get serious about cybersecurity, choose Omni Strategic Technologies for the peace of mind knowing that your business is protected and prepared. The nights get cooler. Trees shed their leaves. It's autumn in the Ohio Valley. Seasons may change, but you can always count on your morning news and information, plus good conversation right here. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on the Watchdog Radio Network. That just Closing song that just about does it. That's our new closing theme, Howard. Just, just about kills it. Just about does it. That just about does it. Four before the hour, Watchdog Morning Show, 59 at the airport, 54 at the Highlands, 47 in Elm Grove, 52 here, Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Another uh, gubernatorial candidate with us on Monday, uh, Mac Warner, is going to be here to talk about human trafficking and some things that his office is doing to deal with human trafficking. So Mac will be here with us to talk about that. I'm thinking it didn't uh, hurt old Mac's feelings too much that uh, Morris He's going to sit this one out, Howard. You know, Mac, I've said it over and over again. I thought he would be one of these, the front runner or one of the strong front runners, and he is actually bottom of the barrel right now. Um, but that, with you're right, if Morrissey's not sitting there, it gives Mac a chance to speak up and to, and to be heard. Uh, also, uh, next week we're going to be talking with um, um, Leanne Ray, who's written a piece in West Virginia Watch about um, the Scholastic Book Fair. You probably weren't a big book fair person when you were in school, or were you? Book fair where you went and bought the books? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Scholastics are no longer going to have all the books possible because they say you can't, they can't give to the schools any books about diversity, LBGTQ, uh, being kind to your neighbors because they're afraid of the new laws. And we're going to talk about that. Leanne Ray wrote a piece at uh, WB Watch, and we're going to talk about that uh, next week. Let me see. Do I have time? What I got? About a minute left, Bob? Oh, 45 seconds, but I can give you all the time you need, yeah, Howard. I don't have to see. Uh, do I have time here? Um, the cracker is not coming. You have a better chance of seeing God walking down Main Street. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, anybody who believes the cracker is coming uh, should go on up and be prepared for wild escapes, okay? I mean, let's, let's just be uh, brutally honest. Uh, I don't, th- I don't think he'll be able to run. I don't know what this means, so I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to share it with you. And that'll leave us. Uh, the Frio Stack Auction Service text line is open and available. You can use it. You know, you can send texts in all day long, and I'll just pick them up in the morning when I get here, and we can talk about them tomorrow. So feel free to use it. Frio Stack Auction Service text line three zero four. 214-1600. And don't forget. Oh, sorry, Howard. I thought you were done. Don't forget. I don't want everybody to forget, Howard. I'm filling in for Donnie from 12 to 3. Another Good old boys from 1 to 2. Slider today. Yes, More yes. slider. So, More slider than you could possibly have imagined. So please tune in, everybody. All right. And maybe they could even, you know, call you. and, and Give us a call. Do something with you. And Bear's going to be on. And 
Lola's going to be there. And Donnie has food. Do you going to have food? I don't know. Right. Wouldn't count on that. All right. Well, I got to say, Sinar, see you. Bye bye. Farewell. I got to go. I got to get out of here. Kirchival has the calm coming up next. Uh, Bob will be on today at noon for Donnie Gilbert. And I and Bob shall return tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock on the go around of this big gig right here. Bye. Don't